Hi, this is Steve Thomas, pastor of the First Baptist Church at Delray Beach. Welcome to our podcast. We study God's Word to apply it to our lives in order to make a difference in this life and in eternity. We hope you enjoy this message. We cry out, we cry out. Amen. Happy New Year. Don't you love New Year's? I mean... I make fun of it, honestly, because I think people go, well, you know, the clock ticked one more second, so now we get a complete do-over, right? Isn't that how it feels? Last year was over. We're not counting that. We're forgetting about that. And if you watch the New Year's Eve programs, New Year's Eve night, which I hope you did not, the message was, last year's over, so let's have a lot of debauchery. You know, that was kind of what it was like. Everyone was drunk. It was nasty. Anyway, but New Year's is... It's a good time to say, you know what? I need to evaluate my life. I need to evaluate what happened last year. What could I do differently? What should 2022 look like? If you're a follower of Jesus, you can literally do that every day. Because the blood of Christ is there to wipe away our sin. Amen? To wipe away our mistakes. For us to be able to start new literally every time we pray. But it is helpful the beginning of a new year, to say, God, what, what do you want this year? How, how can I fit into your plan? How can I be what you want me to be? The world would say, you know, all you really need to do to improve is to what? To try really hard, right? You just need to, you just need to try harder. You just need to do better. You need to be more focused. You know, you just need, it's, the answer's within you. Let me let you know the secret. It's not. As humans, we really don't have what it takes. That's why there's Jesus Christ. That's why the Holy Spirit exists for those of us who will receive Jesus Christ and walk in the Spirit. That change in our lives can happen. See, there's an opportunity here. There's an opportunity for those of us who follow Jesus. We can be heavily influenced by God himself. See, just to, just to try harder is really not going to make that much a difference, but the people you're around, they do make a difference. There's an opportunity to be heavily influenced by a real person, the Holy Spirit, in this next year. Wouldn't that be amazing if in 2022, we didn't just kind of eat around the edges, we actually got heavily into Jesus Christ, and we got heavily into the Holy Spirit, and we began even to be dazzled by Him. I don't know how many of you have done this, but if you drive south on I-75 from Georgia, you come to something called the Georgia-Florida state line. Does anybody know what happens right after, what's, what is there right after you cross that Florida state line from Georgia on I-75? What's there? Absolutely nothing. Except for the reality that you're in Florida, right? You can call home, hey, we made it, we're in Florida, we're here. But how much of Florida can you experience just crossing the state line? Not a whole lot. How much of Florida do you experience when you land in Fort Lauderdale Airport? There is some food that's sort of Florida-like, right? There is some flavor of Florida, but if you just stay in the airport, you don't really ever get to experience Florida, do you? You don't see the beaches. You don't have Cuban food, right? You don't have the culture. You don't have the weather. You're just kind of in a building. 
And sometimes as followers of Jesus, I fear that's where we are. We're there, but we're not really there, right? We're inside the state, but we're not really experiencing the full benefits of the state. We're not being dazzled by Florida. You can't know the beautiful water in the airport, right? You can't know the incredible beaches, incredible sunset, moonrises, all the things that happen in Florida if you just stay right inside the Florida state line. See, as believers this year, I think it'd be amazing if we were dazzled by Jesus, if we were overwhelmed by who he is. The great theologian and author A.W. Tozer said this. He said, the early church, the early church was in wonderment of Christ. He dazzled them and stirred within them such feelings of amazement that they could never get over Christ. All they talked about was Christ. All they thought about from morning to night was Christ. Christ was their only reason for living, and they were more than willing to die for him. They were dazzled by him. It was the most important, it was the thing they most easily talked about. Let me ask you, what is the most thing, what is the thing you most easily talk about? If you meet someone, what's the thing you talk about most easily? What rolls off your lips? A sports team? A hobby, child, grandchild. What is the thing that most easily just kind of rolls off your lips? You, just, you would just love to get in a conversation and talk about. What if that were Jesus? What if that became Jesus for you that you most easily talked about him? And it was just on your heart constantly. See, that's what we're talking about today in Acts chapter 4 beginning in verse 1, Acts chapter 4, beginning in verse 1, as we talk about the subject, the title of our message, Dazzled by Jesus. Acts chapter 4, verse 1, and I want you to note, we're in Acts, and Jesus has already ascended, but yet he still dazzles. Acts chapter 4, verse 1, and this is, happens right after Peter and John have healed a man who was asking for alms at the temple. This was a very common thing that they would do. They would... Uh, People who, had, uh, dis, uh, who were disabled, who were crippled, who were blind, who had a need, would stand outside the temple or sit outside the temple or be propped up outside the temple, and they would receive alms. It was a normal thing for people going, in front, going to and from temple to do. And so Peter and John see this man, and he asks for alms, and they say, Silver and gold have I none, but what I do have I will give you. Stand up and walk in the name of Jesus Christ. And when this happens, there's a big crowd that gathers around, and Peter talks to them about who Jesus is. But some people didn't like it. And that's where we're at in chapter 4, verse 1. I encourage you to open your Bible, your phone, your tablet, your actual Bible, actual text Bible, to Acts chapter 4, verse 1, where the Lord says this. And as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, or kind of jumped on them, greatly annoyed, Remember that word, greatly annoyed. Because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and they put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed. And the number of the men came to about 5,000. And on the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas, the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, 
by what power or by what name did you do this? Now, here's the thing that everybody's gathered around. They're excited. People are responding. People are believing. Thousands are believing. It says 5,000. Maybe that was just the men. So there was literally thousands, maybe 10,000 people who were responding to the message of Peter saying that the power of Jesus has raised this man up to walk. Always remember this. Good people don't like Jesus. Good people don't like Jesus. And here's what I mean. The people who are annoyed are the leaders of the religious sect of the day. They're the, they're the best of the best, the religious leaders. They don't like Jesus. They don't want them to talk about Jesus. This is the high priest. These are the leaders, the captain of the temple. This was the leader who would watch over the security of the temple. He would have been a Levite, been someone who was in charge of things, very important. And also the Sadducees. And the Sadducees were a very uh, strict religious sect of the Jewish faith. And they, one of the key things you knew about the, the Sadducees is that they did not believe in the resurrection. Most Jews at the time did believe in the resurrection, but the Sadducees did not. They thought this world was all about being good, and you had to be good, but in the end, when you died, it was all over. That was the Sadducees, and that's why they were so sad, you see. I can't, sorry, I just, did I set that up right? Thank you. That's not my joke, but I wanted to wake Joy up over there, so she was, she's listening. Joy listens, don't you? Um, but uh, it would be sad, wouldn't it? There's no afterlife. This is it. I'm 60 years old. That's getting kind of bad, isn't it? Some of you are older than that. But good people, they don't want to hear about Jesus. Because the message of Jesus is repent and believe. It's not be good and earn. It's not be even better and earn more. It's not be better than the best. It's repent and believe. So people that think they're good, they don't really want to hear that message. They're the hardest people to reach in the world are people who are basically living a moral and a pretty upstanding life. These are the people that are the hardest to reach because they're good, they believe that good matters, and they think that their good is good enough because it's at least better than you. Right? Good people don't want to hear the message of Jesus. You see, these leaders, they came from the seed of Abraham. They are the Jewish people. They believe that they have a special deal with God. And as a result, when it comes time for Jesus to be on earth, they've, they've kind of at the apex of all the teaching of the law of Moses and of the Old Testament. They know it all. They've even created ways to, um, to keep the law. They've defined that. They've added on a lot of stuff. But remember, they are the seed of Abraham, and God's people, the Israelites, had a pretty checkered history, didn't they? So many times God had to rescue them from their rebellion. So many times they had to fall on their face and God rescued them from an oppressor until finally they were dragged away to exile, away from the land, put under the oppression of a nation. And even at this time, in Acts chapter 4, they are being ruled by the Romans. But this is the generation that figured it out, right? Isn't that what we always think? Well, you know, we, we're better than our fathers. We, we've seen their mistakes, and now we understand how to really be good. These are the best of the best. 
We hear that a lot in our culture too. We've figured out how to be good. We've redefined morality. This is how you're supposed to be. Good people don't want to hear the message of Jesus because it's the message of you're not good. You need to repent. Verse 5. And then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, I love this, It's not Peter filled with all knowledge and wisdom and amazing background. It's Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. He said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. By him this man is standing before you well or healed. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which you must be saved. Here's Peter's message. Jesus is the only one who can heal and save. And you killed him. Jesus is the only one who can heal and save, and you rejected him. Jesus is the stone that all buildings need to be the the foundation of, the main stone that keeps everything together, that holds everything up. And you killed him. As we said a few weeks ago, your sin put Jesus on the cross, but the cross of Jesus can heal you from your sin. Your sin put Jesus on the cross. You're not good, and neither am I. It's because of my sin that he went to the cross. It's because of your sin that he went to the cross. He did it willingly so that his cross could save me from my sin. It's a hard message for good people to hear. Verse 13. And now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Now, he's not saying that they had just been with Jesus for a little brief encounter. They're not saying that they saw Jesus one time and they they passed by him and they they visited him. They did a little drive-by. No, they're not saying they had been with him for an extended period of time. They're saying they're an uneducated man, but they've been with Jesus. Now, as many of you know, I have quite a bit of education. I'm grateful for it. I'm humbled that I had the opportunity to get theological degrees. And it's wonderful to get to study God's Word at that level. But let me tell you this, there is nothing, there is no education better than being with Jesus. No education can make up for not being with Jesus. And there's no one here that should say, well, I I can't go to seminary, I can't study at that level. So, Wait a minute, there is nothing better than being with Jesus. You see, Peter and John were not uneducated in the sense that they they couldn't read or write because we know they could read or write because they wrote parts of the whole New Testament. They could read and write. They had an understanding, an intimate understanding of the Old Testament, but they didn't have theological degrees. We like someone today who maybe went to, maybe got their, uh, their high school degree maybe went to a Bible college for a little while, but don't, they don't have a master's degree. Maybe they just have a bachelor's degree. Maybe they just have a college, high school education. 
They could think, they could talk, they could understand, they could read, but they didn't have formal theological training. And what these leaders are saying is, wait a minute, these guys are uneducated. They don't know what we know, but they talk like they do know what we know. Why? Because they've spent three years with Jesus. They've been with him. See, in those days, if you studied with a rabbi, you didn't just go to class for a couple days a week. You hung out with them all the time. You followed them around. You camped with them. You went to Bagel Twins with them. You did what they did. You went to the beach with them. You listened to them talk. You saw them be received. You saw them be rejected. You saw them do amazing things. They saw him be crucified. They saw him be buried. They were with him after he was raised. They'd been with Jesus. Verse 14. But seeing the man who, had, who was healed standing beside them, they, that is the leaders, had nothing to say in opposition. They look and they see this man who was crippled and they knew him he'd been there for 40 years and now he's standing up they they can't refute the power that Peter and John have demonstrated verse 15 but when they had commanded them to leave meaning Peter and John they said hey listen you guys step out we're going to talk as a council they conferred with one another saying what shall we do with these men For that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident in all the inhabitants of Jerusalem we cannot deny it but in order that it, may not, that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in his name. So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. See, good people don't like Jesus, and they don't like people to talk about him. Because when people start talking about Jesus, people start getting excited about Jesus, good people no longer look good. And their position of authority goes away. It's still true today, isn't it? Good people want credit for being good. They want credit for keeping the laws of culture. They want credit for fitting in to conventional wisdom and political correctness. That's what they want. Good people don't want, they don't want people to talk about Jesus. Verse 19, and Peter and John answered them, okay, that's cool. We'll just be quiet. That's not what they said, was it? Okay, we don't want to ruffle any feathers, so we're just going to be quiet. We'll just we'll hide out. You know? No, they didn't say that at all, did they? Peter and John answered them, verse 19, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than God, you must judge. Hey, do you think, I, I, I've listened to God has told us to say this. They pulled the God card, which in this case is a really good card, I don't recommend you teenagers use it on your parents. God told me to do this. You didn't. But I will say this. I said, we must listen to God, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, the Father, the Trinity. Verse 20, the most powerful verse, I think, of this passage says, For we cannot but speak of that which we've seen in heart. We cannot but speak. We can't stop speaking of what we've seen and heard. As a matter of fact, we just saw and heard God heal someone through us, which is incredible because we're just people. We can't stop talking about that. The power of God, the power that Jesus demonstrated, is now used through normal people like us, just fishermen who don't have theological degrees. Verse 21. 
We can't stop talking about that. Verse 21, And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people. For all were praising God for what had happened. For the man on whom this sign of healing was, was performed was more than 40 years old. Folks, those who have been with Jesus can't stop talking about it. Those that have been with Jesus cannot stop talking about it. It's that amazing. He's that awesome. He is that dazzling. Now I wonder in 2022, could we be like that? Could we be so dazzled by Jesus that we just can't stop talking about Him? That we would like to talk about Him more than any other subject. We're not going to be annoying and come up to you on the street and hit you on the head and drag you off in the corner and say, get in your... That's not what we're going to do. But it's what we want to talk about. People that we know, people that we meet, people that we love. But in order to do that, we're going to have to be with Jesus. Like, wait a minute, that's going to be difficult for me because I haven't seen him lately. Let me ask you. Jesus shows up here Wednesday night. How many of you are coming? How many of you are going to be here? I'm, I'm just asking. Jesus shows up next Sunday. How many of you are going to be here? Jesus shows up Monday night. How many of you are going to be here? See, here's the thing. When we think about Jesus, we always say, if Jesus was here bodily, if he showed up as a man, man, I'd be there, would you? Would you? How important would it be? Would you leave your home? Would you spend a fortune? How important would it be to be with Jesus? And if you're kind of going, I don't really know. I don't know if you're... I want to check, do you know this man? Have you received the gift of the Holy Spirit? Have you received the gift of salvation through repentance and belief? So i got to tell you, because if Jesus lives within you, you'd like to be with him. You really would. And if he showed up anywhere and you said, man, he's in Miami today. I don't want to fight that traffic. I don't think I can make it. I mean, do you know the man, really? You see, Jesus is absolutely available for you to be with today. He's absolutely available. Jesus said, I'm going to send another comforter. I'm going to send another advocate. I'm going to send my spirit. And in Acts chapter 2, he poured out his spirit on his people. And if you're a follower of Jesus, his spirit lives within you and you have access to him all the time. But the question always comes up, well, how do I mechanically actually spend time with him? So glad you asked. There's three ways for you to spend time with Jesus. And they're always available to you. Number one, read what he's written. Number one, consume, read, take in what he has written. Make the word of God so important to you that you must read it. You say, well, I, I, I haven't read a lot of them. I don't really understand it. Listen, how many... Things have you read online this week that you didn't understand and you didn't know, the, didn't know the author of? How many times do you communicate with people you can't see? A lot. Jesus Christ, the God of the universe, has provided his word for you to read. 
We need to read what he's written. If you don't know where to start, start in the book of Psalms. It's in the middle of the Bible. Start with the, the day of the psalm that matches the day of the week. So today's the 2nd of January. You can start on the 2nd Psalm. If the 2nd Psalm doesn't really speak to your situation, you can just add 30 to it, and you can go to Psalm 32. That doesn't really speak to you. You can go to Psalm 62, Psalm 92, Psalm 122. You get the idea. Read a psalm every day. Consume the Word of God. Hear the Word preached like you're doing right now. Explain to you. Proclaim to you. Be a part of a Bible study, a small group, where you, you get to talk about the Word, where you get to interact with others and have that Word interpreted. We need to read what He wrote if we want to be with Him. It's one excellent way for you to be with Jesus. Second, Pray in His presence. Pray in His presence. Sometimes people will say, hey, would you throw up a prayer for me because I've got a big job interview? Would you throw up a prayer if I've got a big game? You know, no, probably not. I'll be honest with you. I'll pray for you, for God to work in you, for God to inhabit you. I'm not going to pray for you to win, quite honestly. Because maybe I should be praying for the other guy on the other team. Maybe he needs Jesus as well. My point is this, sometimes we just pray so flippantly. We act like there's no one really listening. We're just speaking words. We're not talking to a person. But see, the Holy Spirit is here. He is present. And if, he's, if you're a follower of Jesus, He is present in your life right now. He's a real person. He's listening. Just talk to Him as though He hears. Speak with Him from the heart. Because He knows your heart. Lord's Prayer, the model prayer, Matthew chapter 6, what? Speaks to him as a person, our Father, who art in heaven. It's not, hey, mysterious God out there somewhere. It's not some entity I don't know. No, it's our Father, someone you should know intimately. He's there. He's listening. He understands. And all of that, he is holy. Hallowed be your name. God, you're, you're perfect. Your will is perfect. Your character is perfect. It's ideal. Hallowed be your name. God, I want what you want. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth. It is in God, give us what we need to accomplish your purpose. And then we come to that repentance part, and a lot of us would like to stop there. But this is a little side note. Let me say, if you're having trouble praying, it's usually because you're having trouble repenting. No one wants to talk to a God who thinks there's something wrong with them. If you're feeling far from God, start with what he says about you that you disagree with. Let him deal with your heart and repent of your sin. And then simply ask him to keep you on the right track. Pray in his presence. Pray as though he's there because he's there. You want to spend time with the Lord, read what he wrote, pray in his presence, and live with his people. Live with his people. You see, the disciples followed Jesus everywhere. They actually lived with him. What that means is you need to have your very closest relationships be people who are followers of Jesus Christ. Because the Holy Spirit inhabits them. That's what this body, this church is all about. That's why coming to worship is so important. Being around people who are followers of Jesus. Yes, there's a little bit of risk. But I tell you what, I'd rather be with Jesus than not be with him and stay and avoid an illness. I just have to tell you that. I want to be with Jesus so bad, I'll risk it. 
Some of you may not be able to do that, but I'm so glad that you're here. Some of you watching online, I just can't come. Listen, I want to encourage you. There is nothing like being with God's people. There's nothing like it. Be in worship. Be a part of a small group Bible study. We're going to be starting some new ones coming up in January. Be a part of a group of people who are walking together following Jesus. See, where God's people gather, He is present. Serve on a team with others. That's a great way to know people. Do something where you're actually following through on what God has commanded us to do. If you want to be with Jesus, read what He wrote, pray in His presence, and live with His people. You will start to become dazzled with who Jesus is. It will absolutely change your perspective on Him. He will not be something you have to do. He'll be something you can't wait to be with. As a church, how amazing would it be if we became a church that was dazzled by Him? We just wanted to talk about Him. We just wanted to talk about our experience with them. We wanted to be able to say with the disciples, we can't but speak of what we have seen and heard. That's my prayer for this year. We become a church that we can't but speak about Him. We can't but speak around about what He has done, who He is, and how He's changed our lives. Is that your prayer as well? Would you bow with me? Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to support this ministry, go to our website at fbcdelray.com. Also, click the share button so you can share this message with a friend or someone in need as we seek to know Jesus, to know others, and to make him known. We cry out, we cry out, hope is here, lost our